Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Uh, Today's topic will be focused on the World Cup uh, taking place in Qatar this year. Um, And this is one of the most, you know, controversial World Cups yet. So, you know, there's a lot to discuss. And today I'm just hoping to, you know, not even lay surface over what's actually happening in the mass, like, events of things happening in the nation and whatnot. So... Uh, yeah, my name is Wild Gafar, and I'm a senior at Wake Forest University. Um, I'm doing this podcast for my politics and international development course, um, you know, trying to discuss the different, uh, you know, development issues behind the World Cup taking place this year, as well as, you know, some of the good things that have been happening uh, in the country of Qatar. Um, and, you know, with that being said, um, I just wanted to start off by kind of just uh, stating, you know, the objective of this podcast and whatnot. So, you know, we'll be looking at the socioeconomic costs behind creating this World Cup. It's one of the most, like, expensive World Cups to date. Um, And kind of how this will play into the development of Qatar as a nation. And, you know, we have three different uh, topics to look into today. We have, you know, development, uh, human rights, as well as... Uh, my personal favorite, uh, the media bias behind this World Cup. And some of the challenges that Qatar face, um, you know, as a nation, just to give context, uh, you know, one of these challenges is balancing, uh, you know, modernization, as well as balancing that with their preservation of traditions. Um, Hence, you know, this balance is very hard to find, uh, you know, Qatar not being a global North nation, uh, they have a lot of standards to meet um, when all eyes are on them this year. And uh, you have fans traveling from all over the world uh, to come to this nation. So, you know, trying to balance that, uh, you know, that good modernistic uh, view of the country with, you know, preserving their traditions, a very, uh, you know, strong challenge for Qatar as a nation. Uh, it kind of goes into the idea of like, this whole beer ban and whatnot, there's a lot of controversy behind it. However, you have to understand that, uh, you know, Qatar is on the balancing act of, you know, preserving some of its traditions and what its institutions stand for uh, with, you know, this whole idea of the World Cup and having people from all over coming to the nation. So, and this is a very big, you know, topic in Qatar is actually growth. So, um, you know, they're looking to expand their nation in terms of population, uh, in terms of revenue. It's pretty much they just want to grow. So um, I think it's also important to think about how they can grow and what they have to look at. So you don't want to have too many, um, you know, people being in one place, for instance. You can have clustered urban centers. Um, so, you know, they have to actually control this expansion and kind of have a game plan as to, how they are, you know, planning to create uh, this expanded new Qatar within the next coming decades. Um, and, yeah, one of the last challenge I just want to bring up is kind of the labor force in Qatar. Um, you know, we've always known uh, Qatar hasn't had the best uh, laws behind their labor force. However, it's, you know, it's just now coming to, to light behind this World Cup. Um, so, yeah, their labor force, there's a lot of work to be done. Um, it's good that, that they have taken some steps behind this. However, it definitely isn't enough to please a lot of the 
Global North expectations um, at the moment. So we'll see this play in, um, you know, in the future and whatnot. And diving into our first topic of development. Um, so, you know, this World Cup, they use over $220 billion, uh, U.S. dollars preparing for kickoff. Um, and pretty much the capital city of Doha has been completely transformed. Um, they created eight new stadiums, uh, a whole metro system. They've even created a, a artificial city pretty much called uh, Lucille City. Um, and, you know, they put a lot of money into this tournament. So it's just very interesting to see how this um, adds on to the whole development scheme of, um, you know, creating a better environment in Qatar, not only for tourists, but, you know, maybe after World Cup for people to come stay. Um, and this will kind of, we'll, de- we'll de- dig deeper into this later with the media bias and whatnot. But there's definitely a, a picture that Qatar is trying to portray of itself. Um, during this World Cup to aid its uh, expansion efforts and plans. So it's very interesting to see. And another thing wor- uh, worth noting is that all of these games will actually be played within 31 miles um, of the city of Qatar, Doha. Um, this means that going back to some of, uh, or going back to what I was mentioning earlier of, you know, uncontrolled expansion, um, even just within this World Cup, we have to see how Qatar is doing, um, you know, in terms of having over a million fans coming to, you know, this small city um, in this small nation. So we've already seen little huts and garages and whatnot being used and hotels being created. And the craziest part is that with all this money spent and all of these different infrastructures built, um, you know, we still see that there is still, uh, you know, swelling issues and not enough room and whatnot. So it's very interesting to see how, you know, the country put in all this preparation. However, um, this is definitely an area that they were hoping to have more success in. And, you know, um, moving on to kind of the whole human rights issues behind the World Cup, uh, I definitely think... Qatar lacked the infrastructure uh, for this World Cup. Uh, you know, despite being a very wealthy nation, uh, you know, behind natural gas and whatnot, I feel like, you know, Qatar just wasn't ready overall for this uh, World Cup. And I think the labor law is a very solid point behind this, um, especially having to, you know, bring in millions of migrant workers from nearby nations, uh, such as like India, Bangladesh, Nepal. Um, you know, bringing in, bring in all these workers um, with very, uh, you know, bad labor laws in a sense. Um, it was really just creating gas to a fire. So, um, you know, with the World Cup being in Qatar, FIFA had its job to kind of impose conditions, you know, to protect these workers. Um, and, you know, that didn't happen. Obviously, we see that workers suffered. Um, they had illegal recruitment fees, wage theft, injuries, and in a lot of circumstances, death. So, you know, we see right off the bat with uh, trying to prepare for this World Cup that there are some issues, um, you know, behind this. Um, and on the other hand, like, this kind of leads into the idea of sports washing, uh, which is just the idea of, 
kind of government structures and organizations trying to cover up, you know, their wrongdoings with the innocent idea of sports. Or in this situation, it would be soccer for the World Cup. Um, so, yeah, it's very, very interesting to see that maybe some sports washing going on. Um, and even with the Qatari government being in denial, they're kind of, there's cases of deflating work deaths, um, work-related deaths. So this is kind of even brought up in uh, one of Jonathan's crushes readings, uh, Migration and Development, um, where, you know, he mentions this whole idea of denialism and, you know, how how this actually is a very big issue within a lot of uh, institutions today. So, you know, moving on, we kind of want to go into just like the whole you know, migrant deaths is a very sad topic. However, I think it's very like important to see like where this World Cup went wrong and, you know, what could be done in future instances to try to avoid such casualties and whatnot. So, um, you know, and it's known that India actually suffered the greatest amount of deaths from migrant workers, you know, working with Qatar um, with very strict uh, labor laws they weren't really allowed to, you know, go back, even though they were making not very much money at all. It was the only option they had, so they they had to come to Qatar, and it was it kind of adds into this whole idea of modern day slavery in a sense. Um, you know, knowing that a lot of these workers, even though this work is very detrimental to them, and even some people died, they just didn't have a choice. And you know, my condolences goes out to all of them. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's a very sad thing. And, you know, the World Cup is going on today and whatnot, but, you know, I feel like that always has to be remembered. Um, but yeah, moving on to our last, but, you know, my favorite topic I'd say is kind of this whole media, uh, behind the World Cup. So, you know, with this World Cup, you know, having streams all over the world, having millions of fans coming, uh, you know. Guitar definitely wants the media to depict them in a certain way. And this way is kind of like welcoming and modern, um, you know, adding on to their whole idea of expansion and development. You know, they want to draw these tourists in. They want to draw businesses uh, within their country. So they're really hoping that the World Cup could help aid them in that sense. However, this kind of backlash and we see that a lot of the media depictions um, are actually negative, especially leading up to the World Cup, um, which rightfully so with a lot of the issues that they were having. But it's definitely interesting to see how, like, a lot of these criticisms and, you know, uh, all these eyes on Qatar, a lot of them come from global North nations. Um, you know, they're just kind of upset, I'd say, at the fact that... Um, you know, Qatar isn't living up to their standards, uh, not when it comes to human rights, labor laws, you know, things of that nature. Um, and the very, like, interesting point that Qatar could have to make in that instance is that, you know, Qatar has also faced a lot of controversial rulings in the past that were, you know, granted by Global North Nations. Um, so... You know, those do not aid in the interests of Qatar. Uh, same way how a lot of um, these things don't aid in the interests of a lot of other nations. 
uh, you know, this is like things such as like the beer ban and things of that nature. Um, but yeah, it's just very interesting to see this kind of just reminds me of this whole idea of like the tyranny of expertise and how, you know, what the global north has to say stands, um, you know, despite if they're, um, you know, a little hypocritical in the fact, um, you know, there's been like Muslim bans in the past with big nations like Germany, France. So you could definitely see where Qatar is coming from in that sense that, um, you know, they're kind of being criticized unfairly. But it's hard to say that when there's been so much, you know, human right issues occurring within the nation and whatnot. Um, But yeah, you know, it was a very insightful uh, podcast, you know, sharing my thoughts and whatnot. Um, Yeah, but despite all the negative things behind uh, the Qatar World Cup, um, you know, definitely interesting to see how it plays out to the end. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening to this podcast and have a good day. Bye.